and welcome back footy fans it's another episode of donnie's disposals i am your host coach donnie hess here back with another vfl vantage show reviewing the last around month of the vfl a few things have happened we're a little bit behind but a lot of things to discuss joining me as always my vfl expert from victoria um Australia, Melbourne, all around in that area. Mr. Brendan Rhodes. Brendan, how are you, sir? Sorry for the slip up. It's getting late in the evening. It's been a long night. As we were talking off air, we were both up watching the Swans last night for you, very early for me. So pardon me if I'm a little off. <laughs> well, we've got every reason to be a little bit off after the way, uh, after the way, and I will say we, the way we did it again. Dominated, <laughs> dominated again an inferior opposition and found a way to throw it away it's just been one of those years unfortunately for the for the swans it looks like it's all over now so uh we'll just keep we'll just keep developing we'll keep cracking in like we always do and uh, look out next year well as we said the kind of the silver lining maybe is a few more points there to get a couple of academy kids so i'm, I'm going to try to find some positive lights on that but we are here to, to talk vfl football and a lot has happened since the last time we talked we have at five rounds of men's five rounds of women's and the finals are coming up in the women's so we will talk everything on the women's final matchups coming up here in just a little bit. But before we get into that, the VFL and the VFLW that you have seen over these last few rounds since the last time we talked, sir, what's your thought processes on that? How things have changed really quickly. How has the footy been going in the via in Victoria? Well, it's been absolutely fantastic actually. And, and things have tightened up a little bit. Last time we spoke, uh, the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast Suns were flying out in front of the competition. Uh, while they're still in the top two positions on the ladder, the Lions have now dropped two and a half games out of their past four. So they're after being undefeated through the first nine, they're now 10-2-1. They've slipped to second spot on the ladder. And one more loss will cost them a spot in the top two because Werribee is absolutely flying, which we'll talk about very shortly. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns, still a very good team, but they had a shock loss last week after the siren uh, to an Essendon team that had lost nine matches in a row. So um, that does open the door a little bit for teams like Werribee, Box Hill and the Casey Demons. And there's really very, very little between, I would say... I would say between seventh spot, seventh or eighth spot on the ladder, right down to 14th uh, with four spots on the line. It, it's going to be a tight finish. Maybe not as tight as the women, but very tight nonetheless. Definitely, for sure. So let's jump into the men and then we will crash into the women's ending of their home and away and how it all worked out. So jumping to the men's, jumping again back to round 11. We're going to really quick review this. Started going back Friday, June 2nd, start of round 11, sees a great game between Southport and Casey as Casey get the one-point win on the road at Southport. Gold Coast with a smashing of Port Melbourne, 115-51. Werribee, as you said, finding their groove with a 60-point win over Coburg, 97-37. Carlton edge out the Dolphins, 76-73. 
Williamstown starting to play some better footy up get the wind over Box Hill 76-61 the Footscray Bulldogs knock off the Cats 108-50 the Tigers survive a tough game against GWS with a goal after the siren 82-80 the North Melbourne Roos beat Essendon 80-69 and Collingwood give a nice little smashing to the Northern Bullants 115-64 I want to go to it sir a couple of crackers decided by less than a goal Casey Demons finds a way to get a win at Southport, which kind of starts Southport on a little bit of a slide. It did a little bit, and and the Demons, well, they they were a little bit off colour there for uh, for a couple of weeks. They slipped out of the top six at one stage. They're they're back in there now, of course. But this was an interesting one where Southport they they sat behind for most of the day. Casey seemed to have control. But when Southport makes a late run, they usually win the game. They kicked two goals very late on. They got the lead uh, with around about five or six minutes to go, but they couldn't hold out the Demons. And Josh Shackey kicked a goal in the 24th minute, uh, basically right on the siren to, to get the Demons home. And the sliding doors of that is that Casey are now uh, sitting in fifth spot on the ladder. Uh, nine wins and four losses, and Southport are down in 13th at six and seven. Whereas if if the Sharks had won that game, even though it's a month ago, it turns things completely around. The Demons drop two spots and the Sharks go up with their strong percentage. They'd be up in eighth. So one, it's amazing what one point can do. And uh, they seem to be a little bit off Southport this year. We're just waiting, as I told you off air, we're just waiting for them to wake up and go on a run. It hasn't quite happened yet, uh, but they're too good a team not to have that burst at some stage. They'll be back. Definitely. And then I know, if I remember correctly, Richmond got the goal after the siren in that game against GWS with one of the debuting guys for Richmond last night. I think it was Bowers ended out kicking the game-winning goal there. So three games decided by under a goal. Another fascinating round of footy will jump to round 12 Starting off with another cracker is the Sydney Swans edge out Sandringham 79-76. Box Hill knock off the Lions 109-90. Southport get a whip with a bounce back win 91-67. Footscray knock off the Frankston Dolphins 181. Williamstown smash the Balance 108-33. North Melbourne beats GWS 96-44. Werribee continuing its strong run with a 45-point win over Richmond 82 37 Collingwood hide the Casey Demon 73 59 and Carlton with a 99 68 win over the Bombers so a cracking game I mean Box Hill getting the win over the Brisbane Lions I mean the way that the Lions were going there for a bit it was this is a little bit of a shocker it was plenty to talk about there was in round 12 uh that was of course on the Saturday that was the Lions first loss of the season uh, to the Box Hill Hawks at Box Hill. Uh, it was one where I gave the Hawks a chance, but didn't actually go ahead and tip them. And Fergus Green kicked five goals uh, straight after being a little bit off. That got him back in the Hawks AFL team. Uh, and it sort of started Brisbane on a little bit of a, a little bit of a downward run, where, as I said, they've now lost two and drawn one of their past four games. Uh, to open the top two up to the chasing pack, which includes Box Hill, 
sitting in fourth. That was, yeah, so that was a wonderful performance and one which they had complete control over for the, for the entire game. Now, that happened, Brisbane losing their first game of the season, that happened 24 hours after Sydney won their first game of the season. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, the Swans were 0-9 before that game uh, and they, they held on to beat Sandringham, a fast-finishing Sandringham. Jack Buller, who was the pick in the mid-season draft, came in, kicked five goals on debut for the Swans and got them over the line. So, so that was absolutely fantastic to get Sydney underway. Uh, and then later on on the Saturday, uh, we saw Ben Jolly from Williamstown, the absolute legend of the of the game. He played his 300th VFL game on that day. Um, I think we brought it up last time to tell you how big of an achievement that was uh, for Ben Jolly. The second most experienced player in the competition is Tom Wilson from Collingwood who played his 150th game about two weeks later, so a couple of weeks ago. So he's played twice as many games as anybody else still active in the competition. Um, Tomorrow he plays game number 302, which equals the all-time record. There's only three players who've made 300 in this competition. So uh, that win over the Northern Bullants was a big one for Williamstown. Unfortunately, the Gulls haven't won since. Unfortunately, we'll jump to round 13 as, as a cracking game to start off the round as Geelong just barely edge out Frankston at 72-70. Brisbane Lions absolutely smashed the Swans 142-31. GWS Giants get a big win over Southport 128-79. Richmond beat Sandringham 87-55. Werribee a little bit closer than they probably wanted, but get the four points. Nonetheless, 76-70 over Carlton. Footscray with a 30-point win over the said Seagulls. Gold Coast with an absolute cracking game over Northern Bullets, 146-24. And Coburg fall to the North Melbourne Ruse, 95-65. So a little bit, little bit more lopsided games there. But, I mean, the first one, absolute cracker, is Frankston just barely fall short to the Cats. Yeah, really unlucky, the Dolphins. They can't seem to take a trick. Uh, you saw, you mentioned back in round 11, they led basically the whole game and lost by three points to Carlton at Carlton. This time they trailed all day to Geelong, but came charging back home, uh, actually got the lead late on, but then couldn't hang on and got beaten basically in the in the dying stages by a goal and then a behind. So they're, they're, I reckon Frankston, even though they got thrashed last week, which we'll get to shortly, they're a much better team than their 3-9 record would suggest. Um, the Lions, after their first loss, the Swans, after their first win, that was a massive uh, crash back to earth for Sydney. Uh, no question about that. Werribee showed their class. Sean Manick kicked two goals in basically the last three minutes to take them from a goal down to a goal up against the Blues. Um, Gold Coast, as you said, uh, flex their muscles and Coburg the the winless lines are improving they're playing three pretty good quarters of football at the moment they just can't quite finish their games off but I think there could be a win on the way for them soon 
definitely we really really hope so just just to give some confidence to the lions so we move to round 14 which if i see correctly is another one of those shortened rounds with not as many teams playing so we start off casey with a 40 point win over geelong 80 to 40 collingwood smash sydney 94 71 the draw as you had said a half game as sandringham and brisbane play to a 79 79 draw southport get the win over coburg but coburg competitive for for a team at the bottom of the ladder only losing by 40 to the southport sharks 102 62 gold coast continuing their high scoring ways beating box hill by 64 149 85 and port melbourne get a win over essendon 91 38 i mean a draw for a brisbane lions team that i think a lot of people were looking at as being kind of the head and shoulders above some a draw with Sandringham really had to take a lot of area out of the sales, especially after a couple of losses as well. And it was a game that they actually escaped with the draw in. Um, at the 27-minute mark of the third quarter, uh, Sandringham led by 24 points. And they, they were in control, the Zebras. They were about four goals up for most of the second half. But the Lions, they came charging home with the wind in the last quarter. They had the last eight scores of the match uh, and kicked, what did they kick there? Three goals, five to come from 23 points down uh, to get that draw. Calamar Chi kicking a goal in the 30th minute of the final quarter uh, to save them two points when they probably didn't deserve them. Um, it, this was a round where the lower ranked teams did pretty well. Collingwood beat Sydney, as you said, by 23 points, but there was only a goal in it uh, into time on of the last quarter. The Magpies kicking three late ones just to edge away. Uh, and Coburg was actually 10 points in front of Southport just before three-quarter time in that game. And the Sharks kicked the last nine goals of the game to, to run out with that comfortable win in the end. And uh, So, yeah, things just starting to take shape there. I, I did the Geelong-Casey game on the Friday night and that was where I really thought Casey woke up. The signs were there that the Demons are almost back to the form that saw them only lose one game in 2022 and they're going to be very, very dangerous on the run home. It'll definitely be interesting to see how that goes, especially with the injury to Bailey Fritch up in the AFL to see kind of how does that affect them going forward. So we jump to the last round that has fully played so we won't talk about round 16. There was actually a game this morning, but we won't talk about that. We'll stay in round 15 as Richmond just barely edge out the Lions. 59-58. We'll definitely talk about this one a little bit later. Geelong also getting the escape by eight over Sydney, 77-69. Werribee with an absolute smashing of Sandringham, 141-65. Carlton says, I can do just as well, beating the Northern Bullets, 125-40. Box Hill with a nice win over Port Melbourne, 83-60. Footscray Bulldogs beat the Coburg Lions. Again, the Lions still staying competitive, only losing by 32, 108-76. Collingwood absolutely thrashed the Dolphins 126-31. Casey, as you said, get maybe finding their mojo with a nice 134-38 win over the Giants. North Melbourne beat the Seagull, beat the Seagulls of Williamstown 87-34. And Essendon with a one-point thriller over the Gold Coast Suns 77-76. So two games in this round by one point. Both of the Queensland teams falling in this 
kind of bringing them back to the pack here. Which one was more impressive? Richmond going to Brisbane and getting the one-point win or the Essendon Bombers getting the one-point win at home over the Suns? And you know they were both after the siren? <laughs> uh, it's the way it seems to be going there, and especially in the VFL. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. I, I'm going to say that Essendon was the more impressive one because Gold Coast has been averaging 119 points a game, 18 goals a game all year, and the Bombers kept them to 16 scores and 12 goals for uh, in that game. I did that one on the Sunday, and Essendon was the better team for most of the game. Gold Coast headed them three times in the last quarter and Essendon came again on each occasion and Anthony McDonald, Tipper Moody took a mark 35 metres out straight in front, half a second before the siren with, um, uh, with scores level. All he had to do was score. He sprayed it for a behind. Uh, it, it makes better reading when you win by a point rather than when you win by a goal, doesn't it? Um, but, um, I, I just can't believe how good a game that was and how good a game Essendon had played. As I said, they'd lost nine games in a row before that and Gold Coast had won 20 of their previous 22 and had basically taken all before them to, to get that win. With... It's just unbelievable. On the Friday afternoon, Richmond and Brisbane Lions you mentioned that Jacob Bauer kicked the goal after the siren to give uh, to give Richmond a two point win over GWS at GWS in round uh, eleven. Mm-hmm. Well, he did it again. Yep. It was Jacob Bauer again after the siren with a goal from forty five meters out, set shot to take Richmond from five points down to one point in front and give them that unbelievable victory over the Brisbane Lions. It. 99% of footballers, maybe 99.9% of footballers, will never kick a goal after the siren to win a game in their life. And he did it twice in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, look, fortunately, that form got him his AFL debut this morning, your time for Richmond. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he ripped his hamstring with his second kick of the night and ended up out of the game, which was which was extremely unlucky for him. But but yeah, he certainly got a good future as as a as a very calm player under pressure, Jacob Bauer. Um, Geelong beat Sydney by eight points once again. There was a kick after the siren there for the Cats, so it was only two points the difference when the siren went. Braden Ham kicking a late one to get them eight points to the good, and then there were the blowouts. Sean Manor, who I mentioned was the star against Carlton, he kicked seven to beat Sandringham. Um, Carlton had uh, had a good share of goal kickers as they flogged the Bull Ants, and Collingwood had Reef McInnes kick six in their win over Frankston. Casey, well, that would that was a terrible performance by GWS. Saw them fall out of the top ten, and North Melbourne's win over Williamstown was just as impressive as any of the others. Uh, they actually took the Seagull spot in the top six with that 53-point victory. Awesome, awesome. So, again, we've all caught up. Again, we had this we had this morning's game between Richmond and Sydney. We'll, we'll discuss that. 
during our tips, we'll just, we'll go, we'll cover it really quickly just because we can, but let's go to the women because the women have played the final four rounds and have a final set. So let's talk about how the final four rounds set the ladder and set this finals up to be absolute cracker. So we jump back again, round 11, back to June 2nd, as Port Melbourne get a edge out the Western Bulldogs, 36, 32, the Southern Saints get a nice six point win over Carlton, 38, 32, the Williamstown Seagulls edge the Box Hill Hawks by three, 29, 26, Casey starting to kind of find their legs, maybe a little bit with a 35 to 14 win over Geelong. Unfortunately, Darabin again take their flogging as Collingwood beat them the 72-13. And North Melbourne with a nice little eight-point win on the road against Essendon, 45-37. So a couple of cracking games to start the round. Southern Saints go on the both road teams with Port and the Southern Saints getting wins on the road. Well, that win from the Southern Saints put them a game clear on top of the ladder with three games uh, to actually one more one more in round 12 so we'll get we'll get to that one uh they were on a four match that was a third of a four match winning streak all by around about a goal or less which which got them right up the table so that was a great win over carlton which put the blues finals hopes in jeopardy we'll get to what that what ended up happening there uh williamstown that was where they first really announced even though they were winning games that was where they first announced that they were a genuine finals chance with that win over box hill away um and north melbourne well they they looked like they were their season was cooked and was going to fall away uh, and beating essendon at essendon woke things up and kept them right in the mix right up until the last round definitely definitely it's always interesting i love seeing those nice tight close games we'll jump to round 12 as williamstown get the win over the western bulldogs by 25 35 to 10 Carlton beat their old rivals 34-26 over the Collingwood Magpies. North Melbourne end the Saints winning streak 34-10. Essendon get a win at Casey 30-25. And a draw between Geelong and Box Hill at 27 apiece. And Port Melbourne giving Darabin what they usually do with a nice little 41-point win 58-17. But a draw. Another interesting result here is Geelong and Box Hill play evens 27 all. Yeah, and Box Hill controlled that game all the way through, as you would expect, as a as one of the premiership contenders. Uh, Geelong was on the slide by this time. And in, in the end, it was um, the Hawks who probably blew two points. They saw Geelong come back and take the lead midway through the final quarter. Uh, then the Hawks had two chances to win it back, missed them both to end up with a draw. Three goals, nine they kicked. Um, their kicking for goal has been terrible for most of the year, Box Hill, and that's why they finished fourth instead of top. They lost, I think, maybe three games. They had two draws that they lost, but they didn't win by kicking three goals, nine, plus a couple of others they threw away as well. So, um and I think once we get to the finals, I think it'll end up costing them this week. Uh, so that was a very interesting one. Their second draw of the year for the Hawks. North Melbourne, I, I was a week out with what I said about the Southern Saints. It was after round 11, as I was getting at originally. They were a game clear on top of the ladder. 
North Melbourne belted them on their home ground. That game was switched. So that was played at the Saints' home ground, even though North is listed as the home team. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was 10th beating first at that time by 24 points. And it started a downward spiral for the Saints, which we'll get to. And and Carlton's win over Collingwood just woke up their finals chances. Mm -hmm. So we'll move to round 13 again. Only two rounds left. We'll see how the results play out, how they affect the latter. As Carlton get the win over the Western Bulldogs by 29-43-14. Box Hill also going to Casey Casey and getting a 27-point win, 42-15. North Melbourne handing Darabin a nice little whooping, 57-8. Williamstown beating the Southern Saints, as you said, kind of their slide, 25-21. Collingwood smashing Geelong, 43-3. And Port Melbourne just edging out the Essendon Bombers, 22-19, with two games to go. Some cracking games, mostly upsets, but Williamstown with a nice little impressive road win over the Saints. Yep, a great performance again. That was the, I think it was the first time they'd beaten the Southern Saints. Williamstown actually had to win their last two games against the Saints, who they'd never beaten, and Geelong in the last round, who they'd never beaten, just to make the finals. We'll get to round 14 shortly. They did the job against the Saints, and that sent them, as I said, two weeks earlier, a game clear on top. The Saints are now sitting fifth on the ladder with one round to go. That's how that's how close it is. Um, the win for Carlton comfortable over the Bulldogs. Uh, Casey Demons bowed out of the finals race in round 12 against Essendon. And that sort of set, set things up. And then Geelong, they were fully on the slide as well with their, with their big loss to Collingwood. So remember after round 11, St Kilda and Geelong, Southern Saints and Geelong were the top two teams on the ladder. So we go into round 14, which you're about to talk about. Port Melbourne's narrow win over Essendon meant that they, who were, I think they were seventh after round 11, they went into round 14 on top of the ladder, needing only to win to get the minor premiership. Collingwood was sitting in second. Um, uh, Williamstown was third. Box Hill fourth. uh, Southern Saints fifth. Geelong sixth. Essendon seventh, Carlton eight. So I'm setting I'm setting the scene here because the competition is that close. The Port Melbourne only had to Port Melbourne only had to beat tenth place Casey to guarantee top spot. Collingwood only had to beat ninth place North Melbourne to guarantee a spot in the top two. With seventh place Essendon taking on the second bottom Western Bulldogs and eighth place Carlton playing the bottom team Darabin, you knew that they were probably going to win, which meant that third Williamstown versus sixth Geelong and fourth Box Hill versus fifth the Saints were elimination finals. So the losers of those games were going to miss out. So and I'm, let's sitting see here, how I'm sitting here looking at the results. <laughs> Let, let's so, see how it went. <laughs> so, so we'll go to it. As you said, the, the, decide, the deciders, we start off, as you said, Williamstown v. Geelong. Williamstown get the win by 14-51-37. As you said, Carlton with a major win over Darabin, 81-14. Essendon edged the Western Bulldogs 41-28. 
The Southern Saints fall to the Box Hill Hawks 21-4. Collingwood beat North Melbourne 56-23. And Casey get a 10-point win over the Port Mel- over Port Melbourne. So I will pull it up really, really quickly just to help us out here. The VFL ladder after that insane final round sees the Southern Saints and Geelong just missed in 8th, 7th sees Carlton in 6th, Essendon in 5th, Box Hill in 4th, Williamstown in 3rd, Port Melbourne in 2nd, and Collingwood top the ladder to go into the finals, sir what an insane round knowing that you had two games that basically was you win and you're in, lose and you're out pretty much, yeah and and it all went to plan on the Saturday. There were five games on the Saturday. Essendon and Carlton did what they were supposed supposed to do, although Essendon was behind the Bulldogs just before three-quarter time. So that sort of raised some hopes with the game that was being played between Box Hill and the Southern Saints, um, which was the game that I was calling. So, But they got the job done, which meant they were in. That made the other two elimination finals. Williamstown had already done the job. So, so Geelong was history. The Southern Saints could not kick a goal in their last game of the season for the second year in a row after they went goalless in last year's grand final. So amazingly, the two teams that were first and second after round 11 missed the finals after round 14. Collingwood, nine and five, nine wins and five losses to finish on top. That, that is an amazingly low win tally to finish on top of the ladder. And North Melbourne with seven and seven finishing ninth, that's an amazingly high win tally to finish ninth. Mm-hmm. So are only two games off top spot and they missed the finals by a game. <laughs> absolutely amazing stuff. <laughs> but it's but it set up a, a final series that is absolutely mouthwatering with three huge games on this weekend that, uh, that are all different and all must see TV. And we will we will go over all of the finals kind of variations a little bit later, but we'll go quickly through a men's burning questions. We will preview the women's finals before we do the tip and we will tip all of the finals. So Brendan, you're going to have to tell me how these finals go, because unfortunately with the, I don't have like the, the ladder things out. So I will have you explain that a little bit later. So, but we'll go to the burning questions for the men really quickly. Just a couple of quick teasers here. Gold coast now tops the ladder in the men's competition. Can they stay on top with only seven remaining? And if not, who's your team that you think will top the ladder once the regular home and away season is done? I'm bringing up uh, their run home that Gold Coast has coming up. They play Frankston at home this weekend, which you would expect them to win. GWS in Canberra in round, they've got a bye, and then GWS in Canberra. Uh, Brisbane Lions... Sydney and Carlton to finish. I would expect that they will win at least three of those five games that they've got left. One, two, three, four, five. They'll win at least three. So that should guarantee them a top two spot at least. If they can beat the Gold Coast, uh, if they can beat GWS in Canberra in round 18, yes, I think they'll still finish on top of the ladder. Uh, pretty safely, even with a loss to the Brisbane Lions in round 19. Uh, So I'm going to say yes, but the challenges are coming thick and fast. Werribee 
which we'll talk about. They've won nine games in a row now, sitting third on the ladder. You can never underestimate the Brisbane Lions. They'll get their form back shortly. Um, the Box Hill Hawks are dangerous. I think the Casey Demons are really the team to watch sitting there in fifth spot. And North Melbourne in sixth, they're on an absolute flyer as well. So um, any one of those top six are really genuine premiership chances. I'm not prepared to rule Williamstown in seventh out just yet, but they're going to need to get their mojo back pretty quickly. Definitely. And then we'll, we'll kind of flip to the, we'll kind of flip to the other side with seven rounds left looking at this ladder. And, and I was just kind of taking a look at the, is the, the, the number totals. Cause technically there's only two games between 10th and 15th. So with seven rounds left, how many teams do you think are still in the running for finals? Because I mean, points wise, I would say up to 15 potentially. Yeah. Points wise, definitely 15. I am going to say 14. I'm going to uh, rule out Port Melbourne, who are sitting in fifth, 15th spot. They're going to need some upsets to, to make it happen. It, it's still potentially on their own bat. They've got five uh, games to go. They play Werribee this weekend. If, if they can stop Werribee, who haven't actually won at, at uh, Port Melbourne since 2015, uh, so if they can stop Werribee, they are back in the mix. They play Carlton away in round 18. They should beat Coburg. Uh, then they play Richmond and Footscray, who are two other teams in the mix there for that for those spots in the bottom of the 10. You get the feeling that they're going to have to win four, probably all five of them to make the finals with their poor percentage. So I think they'll probably miss out uh, now. But above that, Southport and Footscray, for me, remain the two most dangerous teams outside the top 10. Uh, I think they can both come good. They can both make it. Footscray with an extra game in hand um, with, a, with a reasonably generous run home. They've played all the top teams in the first half of the year. So they're the two teams to really watch. I don't think Geelong will make it. I think GWS is a bit flaky, but they can make it. Um, I think Richmond is probably the really vulnerable team out of the top 10, especially after, yes, uh, that, sorry, in the top 10 after yesterday's result. They've, they've really opened the door. So I've still got Southport and Footscray coming in. I've got Richmond going out and one of Carlton or Collingwood. I'm not sure which one at this stage, possibly Carlton. Definitely. So that's how we do it again. The men still have plenty of games, but let's go to it. Finals footy is always entertaining and the women's final is set. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking just at the, at the first round of the finals and I see basically what I would consider a, a preliminary final between Collingwood and Port Melbourne, one V two, and then three V six, four V three V six, four V five with Box Hill Essendon and Williamstown Carlton. Now, just quickly help me here, Brandon, because I haven't Brandon because I haven't had a chance to see it. Is this a finals where one and two play, and then they automatically go to a grand final, a preliminary kind of kind of explain how how the women are doing this six team final? Okay, so first versus second have a double chance at this stage. Mm -hmm. So even if they lose this week, they will get another go. Uh, the winner, this, this is called a qualifying final. Uh, the winner will go through to the second semi-final, 
which is a grand final qualifier. And that will that is still a double chance game. Um, so assume the higher ranked teams win before we do any tips, mm-hmm. just to make it easy to explain. Colin, say Collingwood wins, they stay first, they go through to the second semi-final. Port Melbourne drops to the first semi-final and they would go on a on a uh, sudden death run for the rest of the final series. Mm-hmm. The highest ranked winner of the two eliminations, this is where it gets a little bit murky in a top six, mm-hmm. the highest ranked winner then gains a double chance. So if they lose this week, they're out. But if... But if they win, the highest ranked winner goes into that second semi-final against Collingwood, against the winner of the qualifying final, from which the winner goes through to the grand final. Gotcha. The second highest ranked winner out of those other two games go through and play the qualifying final loser in the first semi. So again, assuming the higher ranked teams win, that would mean Williamstown would go through to play Collingwood in a double chance game and Box Hill would then play Port Melbourne in a sudden death game. Mm-hmm. From, from there, the loser of Collingwood and Williamstown would play the winner of Box mm-hmm. Hill and Port Melbourne gotcha. for the right to meet the winner of Collingwood, Collingwood and Williamstown yeah. in the grand final. Clear as mud? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it clears my house. It's like, and I thought, and I thought the men's final was entertaining. At least the one thing I got to give, and this is this is no disrespect to this to the VF to the VFL, but at least with the waffle and sample, it's pretty simple. Four teams get in, top two teams play. Do the winner gets to the grand final, loser plays the winner of the elimination three four mat, three four matchup. The winner of that one then plays the winner of the first one for the grand final. So I think they're top it's, fives it's, actually. That's yeah, it's always um, it's always in, it's always story. interesting. But I actually but yeah. I love it because it does it does ben, it does give a, a extra oomph to one to one and two a little bit because two games and you're in a grand final where if you lose yeah. that first one, I mean you're potentially playing three games to get to a grand final. So a little bit more wear and tear on the leg. So let let's let's go. Yeah, let's I do so, I do believe a top six. There's no I've I've seen two different top six formats. And I don't think either of them are fair. I don't think there's a way to make a fair top six finals format. So I would, I will say I would like to see the VFL either revert to that top five that you're talking about or go to a top eight. Even though there's only 12 teams, having a top eight rewards the, the top four teams mm-hmm. a lot more. In a top five, it's, the top, it's three that get the double chance. Mm-hmm. Four and five are in sudden death. Um, this year, you would see in the VFLW, there are eight very good teams who all deserve their spot in the finals. That, that's not always the case. Um, yeah. So, but that, that's, that's what I do. I'd probably, drop back to a, I'd probably drop to a top five in a, in a 12-team comp. Yeah, I mean, you. Could, I mean, yeah, because four, four would be way too, way too small because you'd only get the top four. Yeah, and it's like you don't you don't mind six you don't mind six, but it's it's I understand half, but it just it convol it convolutes the finals so much. It's like I was I was almost thinking could one and two get a buy into a preliminary into a preliminary final have that is that is another top six that is a, but then it's almost but then it's almost six format that they have 
but then it's almost tournament like so it's still it's it's a one loss and you're done so at least with exactly the way you've got it formatted is it, it does kind of it does kind of give one and two an extra they give a little bit of sweetener to it so i i absolutely yeah, love it it's going to be fantastic one. i with the six teams that you've got there any but anybody can get to a grand final the way it's going yeah it'll be yeah, fascinating exactly. to see so we will in fact actually let's just let's let's we'll go to we'll go to the men's and we'll do we'll finish rounds and we'll finish round 16 and then we will go through how you see these finals i'm not going to make an attempt to try to keep track of that but i'd be very interested so we'll just really quickly talk about it kind of puts a smile on my face a little bit after the the interesting morning is the sydney swans get a the, the vfl side get a nice little win over richmond 88 67 so we'll jump to it to basically here within hours of when we are recording sees Footscray versus Collingwood. Who do you like in this one? A genuine eight point game. This one where, where the winner is in the top 10 and the loser is probably out. Um, I've really got no idea who I like in this one. It's a real (laughs) 50, 50 game. I've, I've tipped Collingwood to win because their form at the moment is just a little bit better than Footscray's. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs had to had to fight pretty hard to see off Coburg last week, whereas Collingwood have more AFLW listed players in their team at the moment. They destroyed Frankston. Uh, so they'll start favourites in this one. I said about 10 points, but it'll be a very close game and one that I'll be certainly tuning into this afternoon. Definitely. I think Pies win this one, but I think this one's close. All right. So we have Heritage Bank Stadium up in Queensland as the Gold Coast Sun. Gold Coast Suns host the Frankston Dolphins. The Suns win. I think a Suns win big, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Big big signings for big signing for Frankston during the week. They they picked up former St. Kilda and Carlton AFL player Jack Nunes, who, who retired at the end of last season. He's only played one game of football at the end at any level this year uh, in the Northern League for a club called Greensboro. Um, he hasn't played football for a couple of months, so he may be a little bit underdone. But if he is fit and ready to go, he'll really improve things for the Dolphins. But but no, the Suns on the rebound are going to win easily. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, so and the Northern Bull Ants at Genus Street Oval in Victoria host the Brisbane Lions. As much as I'd love to see the Bull Ants find a way to really throw a wrench into the Lions' season, I think the Lions just too good for this one. Yeah, once again, the Lions have the Lions have been a little bit flat the last couple of weeks. They've got three or four really important players back into their team this week. Unfortunately for the Bull Ants, they'll be having a pretty big win as well. And I think Daniel Rich might actually be playing in that game against the Bull Ants as well, which is interesting to see Richie jump down and maybe get a run in Victoria. At least I, I've seen his first game, rumors. his first BFL game, and his first game at reserves level <laughs> since 2011, would you believe? That's crazy, crazy to think. All right, Giants Stadium up in New South Wales is the GWS Giants take on the Box Hill Hawks. Who do you like in this one? Much more dangerous at home than they are away, the Giants. They, they are very much capable of winning this game. I think the Hawks are playing some really good footy at the moment and fully deserve to start favourites. Um, I'm still waiting for the teams, the selected teams, to come through on this one. I'm going to tip the Hawks, but um, certainly wouldn't surprise me if GWS resurrected their season after, after such a shocker against Casey last week. 
Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice. I, I'd, I'd love to see G. Davis win that one again at home, maybe. Who knows? Maybe home, maybe some home cooking. So, all right. Piranha Park in Victoria's Coburg Lions host Carlton. I, I want to see the Lions win this. I want I want a tip for the underdog, but I think Carlton just a little bit too good. As much as I'd love to tip the Lions, I think Carlton is going to get this one. But I hope the Lions are competitive in this one. Yeah, the Blues, the Blues had a big win over the Bull Ants last week, which got them uh, some good confidence. Uh, Coburg, they've been, as I said, they've been in front at three-quarter time. Two of the past three, they were in front just before halftime last week. This is one that they can win. I'm not going to say they will. I'm going to tip Carlton uh, <laughs> by probably by, a, by about that five-goal margin again. But Carlton has never actually won a game at Coburg's home ground. They've had three goes at it, and they've been beaten on all occasions. And on all occasions, Coburg was the lower-ranked team. Mm-hmm. So if there's an upset to be sniffed, this is the one. But Carlton is a clear favourite. I'll cross my fingers on that one. Like I said, love to see the Lions get a win. So Port Melbourne at ETU Stadium in Victoria hosting Werribee. Again, Werribee, one of the informed teams in the comp. I think Werribee's going to win this one. But Port, I think Port will challenge them a little bit. Yeah, agree. This one, this one's exactly the same. Port, very dangerous at home. Werribee doesn't have a good record on this ground, having not won there, as I mentioned earlier, for eight years. Um Last year, in fact, Werribee went to Port Melbourne as unbackable favourites and were had zero goals on the board at half time, which was the first time that had happened to them since 1966. They came back and only lost that game by three points. Um, I think they'll be hungry to not let that happen again and they'll roll on their merry way, but, but not without a few nervous moments from Port. Definitely. So in a mouthwatering one, followed up as Williamstown host Southport. If this game was in Queensland, I'd lean a little bit more towards the Sharkies, but I'm going to tip the Seagulls in this one at home. Southport's form, not as good. I like the Seagulls in this one. Most intriguing game of the round, this one. <laughs> no question about it. Um, yeah, Southport has never played at Williamstown. And it's likely to be cold. It's likely to be windy. Uh, It's going to be tough for them. Williamstown have been very flat, very ordinary in their past two games. If they play like that again, Southport will beat them. But I don't think that will happen. I think Williamstown, they're due. They're they're too good a team to play three bad ones in a row. And I I think they'll make... um, I think they'll get the job done and leave Southport needing to really ramp up that run if they want to tip Carlton or Collingwood out of the top 10 come the final. So Williamstown for me, but as you said, only because it's at home. Yeah, very another interesting one. A Sandringham and Trevor Barker Beach Oval in Victoria take on Casey Demons. I think Casey's starting to find their run. Who do you like in this one? My favourite player in the competition is Jimmy Munro from the Casey Demons, who plays his 150th game this weekend, joining Tom Wilson for Collingwood two weeks ago and and Ben Jolly, who played his 300th, who we mentioned earlier. Um, he actually started his career with Sandringham, so it's, so it's absolutely terrific that he gets to reach the milestone against the Zebras. The two clubs he's played for will both celebrate what's been a wonderful achievement. Uh, Sandringham got that draw against Brisbane Lions a couple of weeks ago on this ground. So they will go in with a little bit of confidence. 
but Casey Casey is just cranking up the engine, and I think they'll be too good. Yeah, and then another fun one is GMHBA Stadium in Victoria hosts Geelong v North Melbourne. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm heading down to the Cattery on Sunday night. 5.35 on Sunday night is an interesting time. Almost as interesting a starting time as 2.05 on a Thursday afternoon was for Richmond and Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Melbourne is flying at the moment. They've won five games in a row. They are, I, I couldn't see them being in better form, and I think they'll go down there and beat Geelong and beat them pretty well. All righty, so we'll jump to the women's, and this will be fascinating. We're going to try to go through all of this very, very quickly, but again, as we said, a mouth-watering finals. We'll start off first game, one of the eliminations as the Box Hill Hawks take on the Essendon Bombers. Who moves on and who goes home? These are the two teams who I've been telling you all year, I reckon, are the best two in the competition. And for one reason or another, one of them is going out in the first week of the finals. So that's what makes this so intriguing uh, to see what's going to happen. If Box Hill can kick straight, I think they'll win. But I'm not confident that they can kick straight. There's too big, too big a list of games that they've thrown away through not being able to kick straight. The reigning premiers just doing enough at the moment. They're not in the best of form. They only just beat the Bulldogs last week. They only just beat Casey the week before. I think they're due to um, due to have a good one. So I'm going for Essendon to win by probably around about a goal or just under. All righty. So we jump to 1v2, Victoria Bark in Victoria as Collingwood hosts Port Melbourne, who jumps to one of the preliminary finals. Um, well, Port Melbourne back in round two actually beat Collingwood easily, 57 to 20 way back then. So they, they'll take plenty of confidence in to that. There's so much that's happened since then. This is only Port's second ever final. They played an elimination final and lost it in 2021 in their first year. Um, Collingwood, on the other hand, won the flag in 2019. They were favourites heading into the grand final in 2021 before that season was called off. They dropped down the ladder last year. They've bounced back. This is the teams that finished sixth and tenth on the ladder last year have finished first and second. Uh, I'm going for Collingwood to win the game at home. Um, Again, only by a goal, maybe a touch more. Uh, But I think their finals experience might prove just a little bit too much for Port. Yeah, and then the last of elimination finals, he's Williamstown, DSV Stadium versus Carlton. Can the Gulls knock out the Blues or can the Blues continue with the other upset, with another upset and sending the Seagulls home? Well, where where I said Box Hill and Essendon were the two best and most likely teams in the competition all year, these are the two unlikely ones. Williamstown and Carlton, both of them are playing in their first ever final in the VFLW competition. And... Well, Williamstown have won nine out of their past 11 games. What makes that amazing, Donnie? Before they went on that run, so when they were 0-3 at the start of this year, their record in their history was nine wins, 47 losses and two draws. So since that point, they have doubled the win tally in their club's history. (laughs) How How is that? I know it's not a long history, 
but they are on fire. And two of those nine wins came by 35 points and 38 points against Carlton, uh, which is why I make the Seagulls favourites. The Blues have had a couple of easy kills in the last two weeks against the bottom two teams. That will either mean they're fresh and firing and ready to go, or maybe just a little bit rusty when the heat comes from Williamstown. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go for the Seagulls who have been battle-hardened and been playing elimination finals for about the last eight weeks. Um, I think Williamstown's going to go on. All right. So we so we move from there to, to, as you said, kind of as clear as mud. So this would leave what matchups for the next round? That would have Collingwood playing Williamstown in the second semifinal with the winner going into the grand final. And the other semi-final would be Essendon versus, uh, sorry, would be Port Melbourne versus Essendon. Gotcha. Uh, with the, the loser of that would then go out and the winner would play the loser of Collingwood and Williamstown for the second grand final spot. All righty. So do, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll go all the way through the finals real quick. Williamstown, Collingwood, if that's the matchup, who do you see getting to the grand final? Uh, I think Collingwood would probably be favourites again at Victoria Park there. They they beat Williamstown in a low-scoring game early in the year on that ground. I think they've got the ability to shut down Williamstown's scoring a little bit better. So I'd back Collingwood there. And well, Port Melbourne beat Essendon by three points a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a lot of this depends on how many AFLW players Essendon released. The answer is going to be none because the mm -hmm. AFLW season starts at the end of September. So it's it's uh, at the end of August, sorry. So it's not that far away. Um, very hard call. I would probably just lean still towards Essendon's experience and think the Bombers can keep going. All right, so that would leave Essendon and Williamstown playing in the other matchup to get to Collingwood in the grand final. Who would Collingwood face in the grand final if it was Essendon v. Williamstown in the uh, other preliminary final? And, one, and once again, I'm actually going to stick with Essendon. They, they were the best team in the competition last year. They were They were undefeated for the whole year. They've been a little bit up and down this year. I think they can get on a roll. So I've got them actually going all the way to the grand final. Um, not with a hell of a lot of confidence, of course, because mm -hmm. any of Box Hill, Port Melbourne or Williamstown could tip them out if, if that's the, uh, uh, if that's the um, way things go, the way the games fall. But, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking a Collingwood-Essendon grand final at uh, at North Port Oval in front of about eight thousand people. All right, and who do you think who do you think will be raising the flag after that game? Uh, Collingwood. Collingwood. <laughs> I think I think they're the they're the team to beat right now. I think they're the team to beat, and I think if Essendon comes through those three tough finals, and Collingwood's had a couple of uh, had a week off to prepare for it, that would set them in in good stead. Awesome. Awesome. That is going to do it so much there. As you said, about as clear as mud, but I think I, I agree with you just looking at some of these matchups. I think this women's final is going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm definitely going to try to watch a couple of these games because this has been scintillating footy. I cannot wait for it. So that is going to do it, Brandon, again, an absolutely fantastic, fantastic 
chat with VFL. I know there's a lot to talk with, with so many teams. I truly, truly appreciate you after we kind of had some scheduling situations, but I always, always appreciate sitting down and having a chat. Yeah, it's all, it's been fantastic. It's always great to bring, bring the great game to the world. And uh, yeah, I hope, hope you've all enjoyed it and I uh, hope you enjoy the next month of football, especially at VFLW level, because it's certainly uh, one to, to keep an eye on because you just don't know who's going to win at any point in time. Yeah, it'll definitely be fantastic. Keep an eye on it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for another episode of Donnie's Disposals, a VFL Vantage. We will be back with more coverage, VFL, Waffle, Sandful, and obviously AFL and AFLW. So that's going to do it for our episode. We'll be back with another episode of Donnie's Disposals very, very soon.